0: Kids today confront age-old problems. Abuse, drugs, gang violence, living with dysfunctional families, teenage pregnancy, the list goes on and on. Many organizations here in New York City work to keep young people out of trouble, some with more unique approaches than others, including one that uses basketball to keep kids on the straight and narrow. Good morning, I'm George Bodarki. And this is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and org. Coming up, members from different youth organizations will join me for a panel discussion on issues facing young people today. Who here discusses with children the implications of having sex at a young age? We do. Absolutely. Yep, I'm sure. you yeah. all do. We <laughs> all all do. hands yep. go up. But first, Cityscape producer Morlene Chin gives us a look at an alternative to incarceration program that uses hip-hop to transform the lives of troubled kids. I know a lot of people that would just doubt
1: me. But honestly, about me so let me because I'm trying to achieve it.
2: This young man rapping about struggling to rise from the streets of Brooklyn is Mickey Solano. At 21, he mentors young students and leads discussions on hip-hop music, politics, and the current rap scene. But not too long ago, he was getting into a lot of trouble.
3: It was 16 when I caught that charge. It was drug possession, and when I heard that it was 7 to 15, I got scared. I'm like, damn, I'm about to be in here for half of my life, and I don't want that.
2: In 2008, Mickey was arrested for possessing 90 bags of crack cocaine. He faced 7 to 15 years in prison, but instead a judge sentenced him to probation and a few months at an alternative to incarceration program. That's when he found Art Start a 20-year-old organization that hosts art workshops for at-risk youth involved with court cases, living in homeless shelters, on the streets, or caught in tough family situations. One Mike is their program that uses hip-hop to teach life skills to young offenders. We're
1: not really um, interested in trying to find the next MC. We're more interested in um, what happens with their process and what they're learning through hip-hop.
2: Billy Martin, who goes by the name Spirit Child, is One Mike's program director.
1: Hip-hop is a language, you know, so it's the language of the youth. If you don't speak this language, it's really hard to communicate with the youth. So hip-hop is that common ABC, if you will.
2: Spirit Child's been at One Mike for a little over a year now and says that in just a short amount of time, hip-hop is capable of transforming the lives of youth offenders. Mentor Mickey Solano says just being in the studio has helped him gain a sense of confidence he never had before.
3: I was really quiet. I didn't know anybody. I said, "Yo, know, I'm just a quiet. I don't want no problems. I like music. But the atmosphere in there was so incredible. I was like, whoa, I never felt like this.
2: Mickey's producer, Tori Baker, was also facing prison time when he came to One Mic two years ago. He was arrested on charges of second-degree robbery and faced up to 15 years in prison. The judge assigned him to a jail alternative program, and so he attended workshops at Art Start. He says he's always been musically inclined and taught himself how to play the piano when he was 8. He even has a tattoo of the instrument on his forearm. He says one mic has helped him stay out of trouble and turn his life around.
1: I'm glad this happened because it changed my life dramatically. Because it wasn't only music, it was like life. Not just doing music, but being dedicated, being on time. I feel like that's what really got to me.
2: Together, he and Mickey write lyrics, produce beats, and have recorded an EP. They plan to continue to work together in the future, but this was a partnership that almost didn't form. Mickey had to prove his lyrics were good enough for Tory's beat.
1: He was like, yo, give me a beat. Before he was like, no, you know, I I didn't really hear your
3: music like that before.
1: He's like, I'm telling you, boy, I'm going to kill this track. It's going to be good. And then when I first did my verse, he was like, yo, this is hot. And like. This became one of my best songs I ever produced in my life.
2: Unlikely, partnerships are always forming at one mic. And according to program director Spirit Child, it's because of hip-hop.
1: And not to say, like, hip-hop saves all, but it adds a certain tone. And I've seen rival gang members in one space collaborating on tracks here, respecting each other, critiquing each other. Hard sometimes, but like really good, you know, um, constructive criticism.
2: Spirit Child says he's heard complaints that a program like this rewards youth offenders, but he says it's not about rewards. It's about providing them with an opportunity to achieve their goals and take responsibility for their actions. For Cityscape, I'm Morleen Chen.
3: Yeah,
0: You can learn more about Art Start at art-start.org. Joining me now are representatives of other organizations that work to help at-risk youth. First up, it's Ted Smith. He's the executive director of a group called New Heights. Ted, hello. Good morning. Mikal Lee is the program director for Urban Word NYC. Mikal, hello to you. Good morning. Jermaine Perry is the program manager of the Warriors Way program at the organization Youth at Risk. Hello, Jermaine.
4: Yes, good morning. Thank you.
0: And joining us on the phone this morning is Mika Nurse. Mika is the director of Youth Connect, a service offered through New York City's Department of Youth and Community Development. Mika, thanks for joining us. You're
5: welcome. No problem.
0: I want to talk more about your organizations and the work you do. But first, I want each of you to finish this sentence. The biggest challenges facing youth in New York City today are, Ted,
3: let me start with you. Put me on the spot to start. Um, I think kids in New York City have a lot of challenges um, from the start. I, mean, I think one of the main things I think that we've found is um, finding good role models and um, supports for young people. Mikal. Mikael?
1: Education, um, I think that one of the, the toughest issues, while this is an amazing city for um, some really, really amazing schools, I think a lot of challenges that we see is in you know, some of the services that they, they don't necessarily get to have and um, you know, just kind of the uneven quality of some of the school systems or some of the schools in the system.
4: Jermaine, the biggest challenges facing New York City youth are? The lack of ability to believe in themselves and how much they matter. If children could, be, could access the belief in the unlimited potentials and possibilities that, that are set in their lives, regardless of what background they come from, uh, they would definitely have some more uh, opportunities and great, much more larger success happening in their lives.
0: Mika, what about from your
4: point of view?
5: I'm going to say employment opportunities for young inner-city youth.
0: So let's launch right into that with you then, Mika. What does the city do to help youth find employment opportunities?
5: Well, at the Department of Education, we have youth workforce development programs, such as the Summer Youth Employment Program, which most uh, New York City residents are familiar with. And we have uh, the Young Adult Internship Program, as well as Out-of-School Youth Programs, and the NYC Ladders Program.
0: Ted, now you talked about role models and the importance of having role models in your life. Let's talk more specifically about your organization and what you do to help make sure kids have those role models. Now, your program is rooted
3: in basketball, right? Yep, that's correct. That's correct. So we use sort of basketball as the hook to get kids involved in our program and use the basketball and their passion for sports to kind of engage them in academic and leadership development and ultimately help them with, with college preparation. But really trying to use that that love of, of sports for kids to really support them. And I think finding coaches and teachers who are who are role models in that regard. I think sports plays such a big role in people's lives and coaches you know, are really central figures in, in kids' lives growing up. So really trying to make sure that we can provide um, some structure and great support and and people who really care about um, the whole individual, not just one aspect of it, but really looking at a kid as as both a student and athlete and as a a human being. Are you engaging both boys and girls on the court? We do. We do. We serve about 200 kids in the program, both boys and girls, uh, middle school and high school.
0: Now, what kinds of skills do you learn on the basketball court besides
3: basketball? Sure. Um, I think a lot. I mean, I think a lot of the life skills that you learn in sports are transferable. I mean, I think a couple of the key ones that we really talk about and stress, um, one is teamwork. Um, obviously, that's, that's critical for success in sports and also in life. Um, the other, other examples we talk about, um, we talk about communication. We talk about leadership. Um, we talk about respect. Um, and we talk about effort. I mean, I think those are a lot of the key examples that I think are transferable from sports to all aspects of your life.
0: Mikhail, now you are the program director for Urban Word NYC. Yes. What is Urban Word NYC?
1: Urban Word NYC basically is a youth organization. We were founded in 1999 um, by an educator by the name of Jen Weiss. And what we basically provide are opportunities for young people to develop critical literacy um, through spoken word poetry hip-hop and creative writing Um, what that looks like on a day-to-day is we do after-school programs in our main site in manhattan um throughout the throughout the year and then also in brooklyn and the bronx and then we also work in schools doing after-school programs centered around poetry
0: so your big emphasis is on self-expression
1: yes absolutely you know, what we feel is, is that young people don't really have a lot of platforms to kind of express their ideas, their views, and their understanding, so we use um, the art of spoken word and hip-hop um, to provide those those spaces and those platforms so that their voices
0: can be heard. Do kids feel it, though? Do they say to you, you know what? I have all of this to say, but no place to say it.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm also an artist myself. I'm a hip-hop MC, so I know a little bit from my own experience of being a teenager and not basically having a place to go if you're 17, if there's no clubs, there's no way to, to promote or present yourself. Um, in in some ways, we use um, you know basically the you know our our facility and our resources to provide those things, but also to hook into education. So you know we have a a scholarship program um, with the New York Knicks um, that we've been running uh, for about eight years now. Um, So, we do have other ways of kind of using the arts as well to kind of help them along with support in their education.
0: We have this basketball theme going here. You got the Knicks on your side (laughs) over there. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the things kids are saying when they are putting together raps and poetry?
1: it really, it really runs the gamut. They're talking about really tough issues and things that they're dealing with in their homes, in their schools, in their communities, but you know, as well as just being a 17, 16-year-old kid and, and, and talking about the things that matter to them, whether it be um, things that they're seeing in the news, things they're seeing in pop culture, um, or just speaking about how they feel. I mean, it really runs the gamut.
0: Jermaine, you run a program called Warrior's Way. Now, you deal
4: with kids who don't have dads at home, That's right? That's correct. That's correct. We find that the age range is about 11 or 14, and that's really just the uh, the gateway for either going right or left. So our focus is really on prevention. The pattern right now is intervention. So we kind of like to jump in before that opportunity for them to get involved with gangs or the criminal justice system and uh, really just be the difference inside of their lives. What are the particular challenges for young people who don't have fathers in the household? Uh, just knowing what it is to uh, to be a man, I would say. Absolutely, it's a sense of belonging. So they often find these examples in the streets or in what they perceive to be a man through uh, what they see on television uh, or just someone that they've attached to who may or may, or may not be a positive influence. Uh, we have two clients. It's our young people and also our volunteers who the uh, industry term would say is mentors, but we call them coaches. Uh, we're a coaching organization, and we train volunteers to be coaches to these young people around projects based on self, education, and family. So really just putting together the relationship and the uh, relatability back between these boys and their mothers who these mothers are at, at what's in with what, what do I do now? Uh, I've raised him to be to get into this young childhood. But now that he's growing into what he believes to be a man, he's starting to feel himself. And uh, we I no longer have control over what's going on. Mika, let me turn back to you.
0: Now, you're the director of Youth Connect, and again, that's a service offered through the New York City Department of Youth and Community Development. What is that service specifically? What does it involve?
5: Youth Connect is an information and referral hotline, and what we do is we provide information and services to our callers who are New York City residents, and we try to keep the services that we refer them to within their community. And we're also responsible for outreach to the community through our Facebook, uh, Twitter, social media networking sites, as well as attending events, and uh, through the e blast that we send out every month.
0: What would you say are the services most in need right now in New York City?
5: Well, if you're talking about through our call line, the most uh, needed services now are employment, after school programs, and as well as general information, including educational services.
0: From your vantage point, how big of an issue is teenage parenthood today?
4: It is, I would say, the epicenter of this continuing issue where where young people are aren't given the the best I would say the most tools to be successful in life. Because while the opportunity for them to succeed still exists, uh there's so much that's not going in their favor that they begin to lose that belief that a great life is possible for them. If we can just have them have all the tools that will set them up to win before they become parents or before they jump into this real-life world, which uh, they don't, they don't, they're unaware of how serious it is before they get into it, Uh, you know, that's really, we just want to set our communities up to win.
0: Who here discusses with children the implications of having sex
4: at a young age? We do. Absolutely. Yep. I'm sure. You all do. (laughs) All (laughs) All hands go up. up. And although
5: DYCD doesn't provide direct services, our community-based organizations and programs like the Teen Action Program are responsible for um, such workshops as Healthy Life and Healthy Living, and Planned Parenthood is also a part of that as well.
0: Ted, how do you approach the issue with your kids?
3: I mean, I I think it's a critical issue for us. I mean, I think one of the great things and advantages we have in our program is that you know, sports and whether it's you know sports or or, or arts or poetry, um, you know, can play a big role in in preventing you know in, in teenage pregnancy prevention. Um, I think it's something that we address. You know, that if kids want to achieve their goals and want to you know go to college or you know play sports in college, having a child in early age is is a big hindrance to making that making that a possibility. Michael, how do you handle that?
1: Well, you know, it's it's interesting because you know because we're using art as a way for these young people kind to express what they're going through um a lot of issues that come up things like rape abuse things like that so it becomes kind of a an an interesting balance i mean really what our our programs are really there is just to kind of provide that outlet for them but inevitably you know these types of things come up so you know we're often with our mentors trying to figure out you know what are some of the ways that we can give them or show them or provide them services to help them with some of these things um, as well as we have a, um, a town hall meeting that we have um, throughout the year, um, either in a workshop form or, or a town hall meeting called Safe Space. So we kind of approach them kind of more in a, in a group community setting because oftentimes you know, what we want to make sure is for these young people as far as what they're expressing and what they're feeling and what they're dealing with that's coming out in this, this work, um, You know, we don't want to make them feel ostracized.
4: Jermaine, anything you want to add on to yeah, that? Yeah, I would just say that's definitely key. Every young person has a story. And until they are in control of that and not being becoming victim to the story, but uh seeing that you know this is grabbing responsibility in between, okay, this happened, and how can I now use this to springboard myself into a healthy lifestyle and not be victim to that story or whatever case may happen while it may be very tragic, uh, we just want to support people and being aware of it, being in control of it, and now just moving forward to having uh, the greatest life which is available to them. You're tuned to Cityscape on 90.7 FM
0: and WFUV.org. Good morning once again. I'm George Bodarkey. This morning we're joined by representatives of different youth organizations to talk about the issues confronting New York City's youth. Ted Smith is the executive director of a group called New Heights. Mikhail Lee is the program director of Urban Word NYC. Jermaine Perry is the program manager of the Warriors Way program at the organization Youth at Risk. And on the phone is Mika Nurse. She's the director of Youth Connect, a service offered through New York City's Department of Youth and Community Development. Who here is combating gang activity in their communities and trying to keep kids out of oh, gangs? Yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah, Jermaine. All, all hands go up again. <laughs> again. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, gangs are really just an opportunity, especially for boys without fathers in a household, household to find a male role model you know uh the person who drives the nicest car and who can quote unquote provide for their family is what these young boys perceive to be a man which in reality um is is really the the opposite and what has them being a man ending up in the criminal justice system so uh gang activity is something that we're fighting and um you know it really destroys our community so um you know our, our goal is definitely to support them and just have them see that uh this is not the life that you want for yourself you know um it, being in a gang inevitably uh if, as a lifestyle have you in prison or dead so um once they are aware of those options and and what else is available to them, you know um they have the ability to choose something different.
5: Right, we also at d y c d try to make the staff aware of different gang programs that they can refer on to their programs in their communities. um we work with Department of Education as well as n y p d They have a new community affairs unit um assistant commissioner who has come out to speak to us about the signs and the things that we should be aware of when it comes to working with young people who may possibly be in gang.
0: What are some of those signs, Mika?
5: i can I can give you one example we um always as adults look at things as bloods and crips. now there's like over three hundred new different gangs that are out there, and some of the things may be the the tags that are on your child's book bag or the places where they may hang out at you know th- there's different things and um and we we all learn it through the community affairs um Unit Director,
3: Assistant Commissioner, sorry, at NYPD. Ted. Yeah, I mean I, th- I mean, I think clearly, obviously, one of the biggest pieces about gangs is is being part of something and and being connected to something and a group of people and having support. And I think that's I think that's why organizations like all of ours and those around the city are so critical is that they provide um, youth with alternatives and and friendships and. Um, you know, family atmosphere and people that they can be around that are going to support them. Um, so I think, you know, really the work of, of all these different nonprofits and youth organizations around the city are, are critical because I think it really is, is an important thing for children to and young people to know that they've got Um, you know, network and friends and supports. I want to talk a little bit about the city's stop-and-frisk policy because this is a
0: debate that continues to rage on in New York City. And according to the New York Civil Liberties Union, black and Latino youth between the ages of 14 and 24 are stopped much more frequently than their white counterparts How do young minorities here in the city feel about this? Nicole, I'll start with you because I know that this is something that you've actually addressed through your program.
1: Right, you know, one of the missions we also have is that we believe in social justice and um, providing a way and a means for our young people to kind of understand things going around them and and, and use that platform. I think a lot, especially our young men, um, are very angry, confused, Um, they're not understanding, especially because so many of this generation don't have um the same ideas centered around race that say you know people of my generation have um you know with everything with president obama and you know everything that's been going on um but the realities are that that race still is a factor um in certain instances especially in dealing with with the police so for them a lot of these things are a little bit confusing because they don't they don't see race in the same ways um and they're able to express and you know, be activists and be active in the way that they can kind of address those issues um, through their writing and through their performance.
4: Jermaine? Yeah, I'll go on record to start to say that I'm not in support of the stop and frisk, uh, though what what I personally take on is an opportunity to take responsibility for why this is going on and just just look at statistics and say, you know, uh, the prison population and our communities are filling up the prison systems and this is how you're viewed. So now, when you can take responsibility and say, this is what we portray, what are you willing to do differently to not have that be representative of your race or your your community or your culture? And also, now that you're aware of this is going on, you want to take responsibility for yourself as a person. And and while it may be unfair to to have been stopped and frisked, uh, will you suffer the the justice of it if you have something on you or if you're doing something that you're not supposed to uh, from little as carrying... uh, Tag paraphernalia, like a marker in your pocket, like so. This is an opportunity for us to have the conversation. This is the this is what's going on. This is how you can be aware of it, and this is who you can be in your community as a leader to say, um, I'm in. So you know, we service about 15 boys uh, a year, maybe going on 45 in a larger uh, sector, though. Um, who can you be? if we can change this one person and have them impact their all their classmates,, uh, we get to really be the difference inside that community. So just creating that awareness with the people we work with and having them be leaders inside their communities so that um, eventually there won't have to be a stop first because there won't be so much violence and activity inside of our communities. So I hear, don't get angry, take control. take control. you you know um, It's really we we are the, you know, the master of our fates, the captain of our soul. You know, if there's something that we want to change and, you know, instead of complaining, we get to take control and make that change, be the change you want to see.
3: Ted, is this an issue that comes up with the kids that you work with? It is. It is. And I think, um, you know, Jermaine used the term, you know, leader and leadership, and I think that's sort of a way we try and address it with, with the kids in our program is um, clearly it's a, a very frustrating, um, you know, process for a lot of a lot of people, but I think really using it as um, as an opportunity for young people in our program to, to be an example and be a role model and be a leader, um, you know, in your community, um, you know, and, and I think many people may not agree with it, but I think also making sure that there's, you know, for our kids that it's a level of accountability that somebody's always watching you for better or worse. um, And really how do you handle yourself and how do you behave and how do you conduct yourself? Um, And again, hopefully that as Jermaine said
4: as well, hopefully that carries out, you know, throughout their communities. Right. And if I could just add on the same topic, uh, the larger uh, probably issue here is the relationship between how people in our communities uh, have with the uh, law enforcement. So, When you can stop and see that the police are not out to get us, though they are put in our communities to to protect us, that relationship becomes becomes different. So if you're walking out and you and you see a police officer, you know, they they know the signs they they deal with person personalities. So if they sense fear or, or trouble or something like that, you know, so if you're walking around with the belief that the police are out to get me. That's what they're gonna do. They're gonna be out to get you. But versus having this relationship with the police, and it's not just the responsibility of the people inside the community, there's a lot of work that needs to go on with the NYPD. um, Though, you know, we can only control ourselves. So, what relationship are you willing to foster, um, knowing what's going on and create inside your environment?
5: I won't give my thoughts (laughs) on the risk policies, but what I will say is that DYCD and other city agencies. Has been working with the mayor's office under a Executive Order 150, which is get your IDs. One of the issues that does come across when young people are stopped is not having proper identification. So we've been working with other city agencies to help young people to obtain those identifications so that when they are stopped, that information can be presented to an officer.
0: We're running out of time here, but I want to get some personal stories from you guys, if I can. What story or person has impacted you the most in your work with young people?
4: Jermaine, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Wow. I started off as a mentor, actually. And I came into the organization thinking, oh, wow, I've had this great life. I've gone to college. I have grew up in New York City. I've fought past all the, you know, anything that could have happened, gang drugs. Uh, Let me come and give back. Uh, What I realized was that, Um, It was me who needed to be open to a new opportunity, a new experience. So when I got to be open to just how uh, gentle, how loving and how how much these young people are in control of our future and what possibilities when someone just gives that genuine vulnerability, love and care to these young people. They're just souls who's no one told that is important. So, um, I would definitely say just you know, um, just being open to what's possible, uh, really has changed my life and has had me have the opportunity to be the difference in someone else's life now. So, Mikael,
1: the the one that stands out to me, I had so so many stories, just as a mentor and and now as a director, but a young man by the name of Gabe came to us a little over a year ago, and um, he was actually referred from a friend of mine who's who was his eighth grade teacher not doing very well in school, a lot of challenges at home. And this past year, he took first place um, at the Knicks Poetry Slam and now has a $10,000 scholarship Um, and he's going to be on track to be able to go to school. Um, And watching his transformation and his growth over the year and how dedicated he was to his writing and it's, it's interesting when you find young people and they find their passion and they find that direction that they need to start making the right choices for themselves. Um, the motivation and the inspiration to realize like, hey, you know what, I'm going to do something different. I can do something different and I have something of worth and there's someone that, that sees that and wants to foster that and grow that. So um, watching his growth and his transformation over the past year has probably been one of the most rewarding things I've seen in my five years.
0: Mika, how about for you? What has been the story or the person that has impacted you most in the work that you do with young people?
5: Well, I always tell everyone the story about um, DYCD has an initiative with Department of Juvenile Justice, formerly known as Department of Juvenile Justice, and what it is, is that DYCD Youth Connect staff goes into the secure facilities and speaks to the young people about resources. Part of us going into the facilities is that young people, when they have their freedom, they don't access the resources. They don't have time to sit and listen to anyone. So when I had the opportunity to speak with a group of young women that were there, one, lady, one young lady stood up and said, could you tell me what else is out there besides sex, drugs, HIV, and money? And I thought, wow, is this what young people really think is only out there for them? And when I spoke to this young lady more in depth, I found out that you know her mom and dad were part of a gang, um, this is the life she's ever known, where she's seen um, her family deal drugs or use drugs. Um, sex was part of her everyday life. And HIV and AIDS is all that was told that she would catch out there in the streets. So by speaking to this young lady, I felt like... It's up to me to continue to reach out to these young people, whether they're in a secure facility, whether they're out on the streets to provide them and keep them updated of the resources that are out there and available to them because obviously they're not being told about them at home.
0: And, Mika, where do people go for more information about your programs?
5: I'm going to give you the DYCD website, and it's www.nyc.gov slash dycd. They can call us at one 800 246 or they can go onto our social media sites, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash NYC Youth or twitter.com slash NYC Youth.
0: Mika Nurse is the director of Youth Connect. That's a program offered through New York City's Department of Youth and Community Development. Tamika, thanks so much. You're welcome. Jermaine, thanks for having me. Thank you. Jermaine Perry, program manager of the Warriors Way program at the organization
4: Youth at Risk. Your website? Yes, www.nyyouthatrisk.com. Thank you. Jermaine, thank you.
1: You can reach Urban Word at www.urbanwordnyc.org. We're also on Facebook, Facebook facebook.com. Uh, backslash Urban Word NYC
0: Mikhail Lee, Program Director For Urban Word NYC, thank you Thank you for having me. And thank you to Ted Smith He is the Executive
3: Director of a group called New Heights Thank you Ted, and your information Sure, thanks for having me um, Our website is www.NewHeightsNYC.org um, You can also get us on Facebook and Twitter as well
0: And thank you all Thank
1: you
3: Thanks George
0: and that's it for this week's Cityscape. Remember, you can find past editions of Cityscape on our website, wfuv.org cityscape. Keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter. We're listed on both as WFUV's Cityscape. I'm George Boraki. My thanks to senior producer Marlene Chin and producer Julie Clark. Have a great weekend.